Today, we're going to be looking at the gospel. So, can anyone tell me what does the word gospel mean? That's right, Betty. It means good news. So, um, I've entitled my talk something a bit peculiar, but I think you'll understand it as I go along. When it comes to me, God, I'm overwhelmed by your love. But when it comes to them, your love offends me. Dare I say it, you offend me, God. So, I've been struck by everything that's been going on the media. If I mention to you Kevin Spacey, Harvey Weinstein, one um, accused of wrongful um, sexual behaviour with a teenager and somebody... Harvey Weinstein, rape and abuse of many, many women. And lately some of our MPs have even resigned because of stuff that they've been um, accused of. So when I've heard these stories, obviously I've been like, it's terrible what has happened to those people. But it also highlights me, gosh, this world needs, <laughs> this world needs Jesus. And Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein also need Jesus. So there is so much public disgrace on a daily basis where people are being hung out to dry. Look at this person. Look what they've done. So they're taken down from this really big pedestal that people have put them, up, put them on. Suddenly the box sets that they've got with these people are going in the bin. And they're left to be dropped on a very sharp, ten-spiked rock at the bottom. And people want to keep their distance. Shun, shun. I don't want to be associated with that person. And the world, it divides us into two camps. The good and the bad. You're good, you're bad. You're good, you're bad. We better stay away from these people. Society publicly names and shames people all the time. But the world, it identifies some people as being sinners and wants to chuck them out and the things that they have done wrong, some of them will end up going to jail for. Two people I've just mentioned. Because they've broken the law of the land. But will that punishment save them? Will going to jail save them? Will it rid them of the shame of the acts that they've done? Will it save the people who are their victims, the people that they've hurt? Will it do anything for them? Will it help them to feel better? Will it help them to feel healed? And we, the good people who didn't do these things, we sit reading the paper and watching the telly with our cup of, cup of coffee judging them also, but do we, do we need saving too? Because the line between good and evil doesn't just run through the middle of our society, cutting off a few people who are rapists, sexual predators, murderers, paedophiles. Actually, the line runs through all of our hearts because we all do things that are wrong. We all have wrong desires, which sometimes we really struggle to contain. We need saving too. 
You know, if people haven't, hadn't brought up to Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein what they'd done, would they have just carried on with their lives, not addressed it, brushed it under the carpet, done the next movie? Well, things that don't come to, come to the front of people's attention, they still get noticed, and they get noticed by God because God sees everything, nothing's hidden from him. And God is a God of justice. He cares about what happens and how we hurt one another. Nothing at all, nothing at all is hidden from him. And sin, doing things wrong, it is a serious problem, it is. But God has decided and has already done something about it and he did it through his son, Jesus. And God had to go to extreme lengths to help humankind with this, with this sin that we're all prone to. When Jesus first came to earth, one of the things he, uh, well, he was born and he grew up, not in a normal family, he was a carpenter. But when he started, when he turned 30, he, he started on this, it, it was the right time frame between him and God about when he was going to step out and start trying to help people, to save people. And one of the things he would say was, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. So what do you think repent means? Anyone have a guess? Pardon? Saying sorry? Yep, what else? Turning around and turning around what? Going in the opposite direction. Okay, excellent. So, nobody likes to be confronted with their sin, but actually, someone confronting you with something and you recognizing you've done it and seeking forgiveness is actually a gift. It's actually a gift. And I'm just going to show you this amazing video about what the gospel really is because whether we like it or not, God really does care about everyone, and there is no one beyond saving. There is no one beyond saving. So Alex is just going to put it on. It's about seven to eight minutes long, but I'm not worried about that because it's an important video. So just sit and take it in. We see the story of Jesus going to the cross and everything seems to kind of be hand in hand. And then there's this one character that seems to interrupt the narrative. His name's Barabbas. We don't even know much about him except that he's a murderer, a leader of an insurrection, a rebel. And why he's even mentioned, sometimes I'm not so sure. It's like, what? Let's, this is about Jesus going to the cross. So in this moment, Pilate thinks, I hold the destinies of these two men in my hand. I know the Jews have a tradition that on a holy day, I will release one of the prisoners on death row. Pilate stands on this audacious stage who now presents Jesus, son of the living God, versus Barabbas, the thug and rebel. He says, all right, who do you want? This is blasphemy. This is this has gone too far. There's no comparison. This is a rightful prisoner, a man who should be on death row. He's a rebel against Rome. He leads a rebellion. He murders people. He's a bad man. He's a thug and he's a crook. He deserves the chains. 
and he deserves the crucifixion. Jesus, what has he done but heal, restore, deliver, set free, open blind eyes, open deaf ears, heal the lame and the leper? What, what has Jesus done? Who do you want? We, we want Barabbas. Yeah, give us Barabbas. They give us Barabbas. The Roman soldiers come up and they put the key in and they unlock Barabbas from his chains and shackles. And he walks down the platform, welcomed by all of his thug friends. Yeah, the people love me. Yeah, that's right. I don't even know who this Jesus guy is, but all I know is my people love me. There seems to be no conscience in Barabbas. There's no record of him turning to Jesus and saying, I owe you everything now, for you have set me free. No, I don't see any of that in Barabbas. God knew that. Jesus stood there, silent for he knew the will of the Father. He said, it's fine, Father. Let him have Barabbas. For Jesus knew that the Father would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas so he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. Barabbas thought it was the people that set him free. No, 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 no. It was the love of the Heavenly Father. I deserve this. 
I deserve the guilt. I deserve the shame. I deserve the consequence. I deserve it. Jesus seems to look at me and say, no, son. Let me have it. Let me have your sin. Let me have your pain. No, God, I did it to myself. I deserve it. My marriage won't make it. This is what I deserve. I deserve divorce. I deserve poverty. I deserve sickness. I deserve it all. No! God, I I'm so ashamed. Give me your shame. But God, what if I do it again? I'll still be here. Oh, God, I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Give me your sins, son. This is all we got. It's all I got. It's all you got. We can play games. We can play church games. We can pretend like some people are better than others, and that's why they're blessed. Or we can all come to the honest conclusion that it's God. And it's God alone. The greatest challenge is not your discipline, your devotion, your focus. Your greatest challenge is believing the gospel. Could it be that there's a God with a love so scandalous, so wide, so deep, so vast, so high, so expansive, so welcoming, so inclusive? Let me have your sin, son. Okay. And I give him my sin. Let's stand in this empty space of forgiveness and acceptance while Jesus walks off to the cross that I deserve. I see him, I see him walking to the post to be whipped. As I stand a free man, all the attention is turned now. And I feel the love of God saying, Go, son, live your life. I'll pay the price. Where did we get off thinking that we were going to set ourselves free? It's still Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It'll never stop being the power of Jesus. If his blood is sufficient for your salvation, his blood is sufficient to sustain you through every challenge and every sin and every temptation. Jesus is enough. So, um, yeah, has anyone got any thoughts on that video that they want to share or what that made them think? You know, when, when people end up in prison, um, which they will do for many things that people do, God still meets people in prisons. 
I hear stories all the time of where people have got all that time to think and reflect on their life and they start searching and thinking for the first time, maybe, that from when they weren't in prison. But there's many people who for the first time find Jesus in prison and they still serve a punishment. But a punishment doesn't alone doesn't make things better. But what God offers is some inner work that jail can never sort out for you. Um, so, okay, let me just read through. Okay. So, so we can we can we can accept Jesus taking our place, and we can accept free gift because it's a free gift of Him helping us to live free through the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, through each other as a family. You know, if I'm doing something wrong, I hope one of you feels you can say to me, Liz, what are you doing? I want you to do that, in fact, because I know you care about me, and I know you care about my life. Please do. So, we need to accept that whether we're in prison serving time for murder or rape, or we're living here, God says that we also have sin, and we need to do something about it. In Matthew one twenty one, it's the story of Jesus being born, and one of the things that's said about him is, for it is he that shall save his people from their sins. In Luke 19, it says, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So, Jesus wants us to keep choosing the freedom that he died for. He wants, you know, we make choices every day. He's given us a free will. You don't ever stop having a free will just because you're a Christian. You still get to choose. So we can make choices that lead us into flight, or we can make choices that keep us as a caged bird. But he's here to help us. He hasn't said, do, do, do this, do this, or this, and I'm not going to help you do it. He's, he's saying, I will help you do it. He's giving us each other to help us do it. So we have the Holy Spirit. So when, when you read the Bible and it's saying, I want you to live this way, you have to ask God to strengthen you to be able to obey what it says because you need his help to do it. So when we pray for each other, it has power. All these things have power to help people on their walk. So, you know, in the world they're saying keep, you know, keep away from these people who do wrong. But do you know what the church is? The church is not and should not be frightened of sin because Jesus has an answer to it. The church shouldn't be afraid of sin. So Jesus says, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. God doesn't want us just wandering around lost. He wants to find us. He wants us to call him Father. He wants us to accept the gift of being a son and a daughter. Um, someone quoted, Becoming a follower of Christ is not restrictive. Rather, it opens up a whole new world of exciting possibilities and adventures in the kingdom of God. By renewing our minds as Christians, 
God will give us wisdom and discernment to know to do what is good and acceptable and brings freedom in our life. The sinful nature, if you let it just go, controls your, it controls your mind, it leads to death. But if you let the Holy Spirit into your life and into your mind and heart, it will lead to life and peace. I'm going to play another seven-minute video in a minute, but it's not a, vi it's not a video of, of the gospel. It's, it's a song, and it's based on the story of the lost son. The lost son, well, there's lots of ways you can look at the lost son, but when you're listening to this song that I'm going to play, I want you to see it as the lost son is a human being, any human being. It can be yourself. I'll put someone else there and think of someone else who you love and care about in your life. Because... God doesn't want us. He has no pleasure in seeing us hurt each other. He has no pleasure in death. He has no pleasure in people in hell. God wants us to turn back and live. He wants us to turn back and live. In 1 Timothy it says, God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So I hope this song, when you're watching it, I hope it touches your heart because I find it very moving. It's such a beautiful, a beautiful song. And I hope that you realize just how much God loves you and what he was willing to do and that he loves the people around you as well. I can't think of anything better that I could tell you. I have no other message about what can help mankind other than this message. So just remember, no one is beyond saving. No one is beyond redemption. And you should rejoice, because we have a hope in a future. And it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Freedom. For us to have a better life, a happier life, a peaceful. You know, he's, he's done that for us. He wants us to live in freedom, not in chains. So maybe you've said yes. Maybe you've said yes to Jesus already. Or maybe you've said yes, but you're not asking him anymore. You don't ask for his strength anymore. Or maybe you've never said it, and you want to say it for the first time. As you watch this video, just remember that this is, this is the only story that matters, actually. This is about your eternity. Yeah, we're living here now, and what we, what we do here really matters, what choices we make. It's also about eternity. And I've been gone for a long time now A wanderer on this dusty road And I'm crying now, I'm crying now for you God to me and 
To me, me father on this dusty road, and you come with the rain, and you come with the road, and to me.
the last few lines of that song, I think, are so crucial. So I believe that you love me, God. I believe that you want me, God. I believe that you love me, God. I believe that you want me, God. I believe what you did on the cross was enough to sort me out. I believe that when I die, you have a plan. That when I, I take my last breath, whenever that is, there is a future, a future that's very different to the one I've experienced here. It's, you must choose to believe, guys. Choose to believe that he loves you. Choose to believe that he wants you. Choose to believe he wants to prosper you. Choose to believe that you have a future here on earth and in the next life. Thank you.